Hey guys. Hey guys. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> Is this thing on? <sighs> Welcome back to the Take Control podcast, everybody. We are back in the building. You got Brandy here. Hey, it's Stereo. It's Kim. It's Kim. And we are here with another episode. Um, I don't have no shout outs personally. I don't have nothing to talk about for my week. Okay. Um, so <laughs> no, I just wanted to shout out um at T Woods TV. Oh yes. Because we did an episode with him a while back. Um two sets of rules. Mm-hmm. And um, he came and did some video footage for us. I know y'all been begging for footage. And he had Twitter going nuts. Okay, when I say the views was up there, yep. the comments, follows. So shout out to him for, you know, we did a good collab and it brought, you know, some listeners to both of us. I refuse to watch any of the clips. They're not that bad. They're not. I watched them. But no, I looked horrible. I looked That's why I didn't want to I look horrible. Them. Did you see my teeth spacing? Did you see my no, mouth I didn't on watch the flyer? Them. I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> I didn't watch them. That's what, I didn't watch them. They're really not bad. No, I, I'm i pretty sure... I'm going to post them on our page. I'm still not going to look at them. Uh, <laughs> That's how I be. I'm like, I'm not listening. I ain't watching. Look, just I look like. mute the video and go like this to her face, and she ain't got no choice. She she not gonna know what you're showing her. Um, yeah, I was talking to somebody. Um, had DM me like, oh, I didn't know you had a podcast. Like you're funny, and I'm like, what show did you listen to? I always forget that I actually have a podcast when people come to me like, oh, you have a podcast? And it's like, damn, what did I say? What did you hear? <laughs> and he was like, oh, it wasn't bad. Da, 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 da. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like, He probably watched the video. Shout out to him for watching the video. You know who you are. Retweet, you know who you are. <laughs> yeah, so you can see the whole video footage. Um, again, his Instagram is at twoodstv. And I'll post like three of the little clips we got on our Instagram page. I know I'm hella late, but I'm gonna be having no service at work, so I can't do shit. That's what you said, yeah. Oh, me like. either. Well, hit me up. I got it. My stuff you takes know. forever to like load. Mm-hmm. I gotta have at least two bars to do something. Yeah. Really? It's hmm. ridiculous. See, I just switched to AT&T, and I've had Verizon for like 12 years, and I'm not a fan of AT&T. I'm not gonna lie. I almost never have service with AT&T. That's so. how I was. I loved AT&T when I had it. And then they messed my bill up and I switched to Sprint. And I hated it. <clears throat> the service yeah. is terrible compared to yep. AT&T and Verizon. Um, they don't pay us, so let's stop talking about them. Fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shout out to T. Woods. Um, he has really great content, um, by the way. His YouTube videos and the things that he discusses on his YouTube channel is pretty dope. Um, again, guys, don't forget about Hire Hookah. Um, Higher Hookah Lounge, 1020 North 4th Street, Black-owned, support your people. Um, announcements, I think we are planning another men versus women's show. So if you're interested in being a guest, male. Men only, because yeah. we have a lot of females. Male so it's already three of us. Yeah. <laughs> Hit us up. Let us know. Don't forget to follow us on our social media. Our Instagram is Take Control Podcast. Our Twitter is Take Control Pod, and our Facebook group is Take Control Podcast. 
You can also email your questions to takecontrolpodcast at gmail.com. But, excuse me. Okay, so we are going to jump in with some listener questions. Um, The first listener question that we have is, can you pinpoint the happiest day of your life? If not, what are the things that bring you joy or happiness? Um, I, I don't know who put the initial question on here, but I thought it was really good and I really had to sit and think about it. Mm-hmm. And I've got nothing. <laughs> oh. I don't know. Like, I've, I've had happy moments, but to say this one thing was the happiest thing in my 31 years, mm-hmm. I don't think I've had my happiest moment yet. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. I was about to say that I've had happy moments, but I don't know if I've had my happiest day. Because I feel like I can't really say one thing was more happier than the other. So, yeah, yeah, things that bring me joy, though, I don't know. (laughs) I mean, honestly, this is generic, but I'm just thankful for life. Like, I can't say things that bring me joy because I don't want to be like... Yeah, my kids bring me joy because they do, but they stress me out too. I don't want to say my job brings me joy because, yeah, I like my job, but it stresses me out too. So it's like I'm just thankful for a lot of things in my life and a lot of people in my life, and that's really all I can say. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think for me, when I read this and I looked at it before we started and I forgot what I said and then it came back to me like that, for me right now up until this point, because I'm sure there may be, you know, there may be another day down the years where I have like a happiest day of my life I'd say for me is when I got saved because it changed my shift mm-hmm. of like thinking um and they say that'll happen when you get saved but it just kind of my brain went a little more focused on the things that really matter I guess and for me that was huge in my life I think I was like 18 when I got saved 18 or 19 wow. yeah that's amazing yeah so and I remember that was the first time ever in life that I felt the Holy Spirit I felt it three times and that was the first time and I was like, Oh, it's a real thing. Like yeah. so for me that's been the happiest day up into up until now. But you know, I don't know, maybe mm-hmm. when I get married or have my first baby, like mm-hmm. that'll be happiest day, but I don't know, that's what came to me. Um, as far as what brings me joy, I think that um, like Dario said, not to be generic but you know, life itself, like when you really sit back and you think like, I woke up this morning, I'm breathing. Um, you know, my family's okay. I didn't lose anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, that brings me joy within itself. Of course, you guys know my God babies. They make, especially when I'm having a bad day, they cheer me up all the time. Um, being able to like laugh with my friends, you know, like when we get together and the three of us laugh or with my other friends and we can just laugh from a healthy place about something that brings me joy too. And then just like accomplishing goals. Like the other day when I was texting you guys, I finally came up with a name for my business. Not sharing Yay. it right now. Good. Um, but yeah, I came up with a name for my business and I literally got anxious at my desk when it came to me and I was, I text my friend and I'm like, when you feel anxious, is that a good thing? And she was like, yeah, it's a great thing. And I'm yeah. like, my stomach hurts. So, <laughs> yeah, to be able to actually see, I can pinpoint, like, where I started to now and to see the growth in that journey coming almost full circle, um, how I came up with the name. And that'll be a story for another day. It, that made me really happy. So, Oh, I have a story. <laughs> 
So one of our listeners, actually the listener that submitted this question was like, oh, I can't wait to hear about it on the podcast. And I didn't think about telling it on the podcast, but you know, whatever. All right. So uh, I don't think when this was, maybe last year around January, I don't think I really talked about it on the show, but I remember saying something along the lines of like something happening to me that I didn't expect to happen. And it kind of put me in like a bitter space. So, you know, the job situation, like, mm-hmm. I know you guys know. Um, so, yeah, I ended up having to, quote unquote, resign from a job that I really loved. And I was only there for maybe about four months. And um, it was because of one of my family members got hired. So there's a policy called nepotism or whatever. So. Um, they ended up making me leave because she had a higher position than I. So I was just like stuck. I didn't know what to do. And it just put me in a bad space. Like I was upset at my family members because I felt like nobody gave a damn. And I feel like, you know, there was a family member of mine that was basically saying like, oh, I'm going to do this for you. I'm going to do that. I'm going to make sure you're good. But they didn't come through. So I was kind of upset. I didn't really understand like, why is this happening to me? I'm finally in a good job. I'm doing good. I feel like I'm getting stable and it's just, you know, whatever. So from there, I wasn't working for a while. Then I was working uh, part-time at like a restaurant. And um, it got me by for a while. Um, So I'm not complaining about that, but it's not really something I wanted to do. So I ended up getting... um, I applied for a position last January at my current job now. And the process is like so long. So like I didn't hear anything for a while. End up not getting it. And then a few months later, they called me about another position. And I didn't have to interview for it because I already interviewed. And they were like, hey, we have this position available. Do you want it? And I was kind of like, do I really want to take this? It's not a lot of money. But the benefits are good. The job is amazing. You can grow. Blah, blah, blah. So I took it. Later on, I ended up talking to one of the people that were in my interviews about like me not getting the first position. He was like, oh, we were going to give it to you. But the person I interviewed after you already worked there. So that was the only advantage mm-hmm. that they had. And I was like, all right, well, that makes me feel a little better, a little confident. Yeah. Because, you know, so six months later, I get a promotion. Wasn't expecting to get the job. Wasn't looking for it because, you know, I'm queen of staying in my comfort zone. <laughs> and so, you know. I wasn't looking for any open positions, but the girl who was in it before me pulled me aside was like, hey, sorry, hey, I'm leaving my job. Um, You should apply. I'm like, all right, cool. Hmm. I applied. And it was such a process because like, so like we had to do a couple tests. We had to pass a couple tests and one of them was like a typing test. And like, I'm not really good at typing. I never learned how to like line my hands up with the keys and shit. So like, it was was like three weeks that I've been taking this test. And the good thing is HR, like they let you come and take it multiple times whenever you feel like it. And during that time, like I had lost my great grandma. So like, I just wasn't in the right mind space. I didn't have the energy. And I'm like, I'm giving up. I'm not doing this shit anymore. But one day I'm like, let me just go back. And I went past it, had my interview, got the job, and it's just been a blessing. I didn't expect to get it. I was nervous about it. It's more money, which I've been going back and forth about getting two jobs. But I really don't want two jobs because I have kids. Right. So I don't know. It was just 
a good story I wanted to share. So, well, congrats, I'm Queen. Excited. This is so exciting. And everything that happened with your old job was around this time last year, right? Mm-hmm. Full circle moment. Mm-hmm. Look at that. Won't he do it? <laughs> Sorry, I went on a rant, but you know. no. Congrats Whoa, to D. Right. That's amazing. That's this so guy. amazing. Wow. Um. So the next question that we had. Um, is there anything you wish you could change about yourself emotionally? I, was this a li- like someone who listens to our show? Mm-hmm. This? Okay. Mm. I feel um, like they're speaking to me because they know I'm emotional. <laughs> I mean, for me, I had, when I first read this, I thought about, which I think I told y'all this going into 2020, like I'm doing better at. I am an emotional person and I... If somebody says something to me that I don't like, I lash out immediately and I go blank. I don't, I'm not hearing what you said to me back. I'm just, I'm going at you full cert, like boom, boom, boom. So for me, what I'm changing about myself emotionally is not responding, like not reacting, but responding. Uh-huh. So like when somebody says something to me that I don't like, I'm not going to be like, what the fuck did you just say? <laughs> it's going to be, and this is so childish right now, but rolling my eyes has really been helping me. Like that sounds so corny, but if I'm like, take my moment. <laughs> Shut it down. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna come at you correct in a minute. But that's for me, like, that's one thing I wanted to change about me emotionally is that I'm so emotional that like I'll you say something that I don't like and I'm like, what? And then it just boom, 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 boom. So you know I'm in the process, so I guess that's what I'm gonna change. Okay. <laughs> mm, um I Brandy's not emotional. (laughs) (laughs) I am with myself. That's the thing. Like, it takes a lot for me to show emotion. Like, if I don't feel like you're a safe space, like, you really can't read me, I guess, is what I'm told. Um, And I think that's fair. Um, So, I guess if I could change one thing, it would just maybe be to be able to show a little bit more emotion. Especially when I do... um, actually care about somebody whether it's a friendship or whatever the case may be um I really would I don't want to have to question my place in someone's life so I probably should do better at showing my emotions so no one has to question where they stand in mine um yeah but I really am emotional like I cry all the time just by myself that's <laughs> all you lonely <laughs> that's that would be I'm a little bit of both like I can be overly emotional or I can have a guard up it just depends but um Hmm. I don't know. What would I change? I guess not taking things so personal. Um, or sometimes like people can just be joking with me, and I'm like, oh my god, you hurt my feelings. Like I could be overly emotional too, so I may be changing that or like not taking everything so seriously. Um, and sometimes I wish, on the other hand, I wish I could be a little more less emotional to where like when I know people are like have ill intentions or aren't doing right by me i don't care so much that i allow it to keep happening so yeah i can relate to that one mm-hmm. so this question was for dariel <laughs> oh my god it says two years ago dariel says she doesn't watch porn i honestly don't understand how that is possible if you have twitter make it make sense <laughs> um i will say anytime i get on twitter from either the Take Control page or my personal page, it's probably one of the first things I see as I scroll because I guess when someone likes it, mm-hmm. it shows up on the time. Likes or retweets it. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, make it make sense. 
<laughs> honestly, I don't I don't know what it is, but I just don't like porn. Maybe because like I'm a shy person, so like I don't even want to watch myself. You know, so like I don't know. I've just never been interested in porn. I don't need it to get me started. I don't need it to get me in the mood. So with Twitter, I either unfollow people that retweets porn all the time, or um, there's a in the settings you can make it so where like your videos don't automatically play, uh-huh. and I do that. So when I'm scrolling, it won't just play. I don't have to watch it. I need to do that. I didn't mm-hmm. know that was a thing. Mm-hmm. Mm. Wow. Yeah, I just keep scrolling. So you know, I mean. I don't need it, you know. I don't like it either. I don't. It's just like, why do I want to watch other people touch? Yeah, it's just weird. <laughs> like people that have an obsession with porn, I'm like, why? Like I just don't. You make it make sense. Why do you need porn? Why do you have to watch it? Like <laughs> if I'm turned on, I'm turned on. I don't gotta watch nobody else for that. Period. <laughs> so yeah, fair enough. I'm just gonna keep my head out. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I I wanted to talk about this just because it's been heavy on social media, um, the last few days. Gail King's interview with Lisa Leslie, um, not the full interview, but the clip that was um going around social media where she was asking Leslie if she thought that Kobe's rape case um complicated his legacy. Um, and the reactions that we also seen in regards to that interview. Um, did you guys see the clip? Yeah. Yeah. How'd you feel about it? I think it's so inappropriate. I feel like if the case was already dismissed in 2004, why are we talking about it when he passed? I just think it's inappropriate and I think it's insensitive to his family and their grieving process. And I, Mm -hmm. I just don't understand why it needed to be brought up like that. I'm confused. Yeah. You just wanted to be relevant. You wanted to talk about something because nobody talks about you. And it's an inappropriate setting to do so. I just feel like when he was alive, you weren't asking these questions. So it's like, I, I think it's inappropriate as well. I think it's rude for you to ask these questions or bring up this man's past now that he's dead. Like, I just think that's ignorant. I feel like, you know, what the case was dropped. Yeah. Um, the lady never testified. So if y'all want to feel bad for her, if she if she really was a victim, she should have stood up for herself. Period. Point blank. The case is old. They moved on. Let it go. I just feel like people don't don't they don't allow people or think that people can change and they can grow. Like you know what I'm saying. We don't know what happened. Yeah. So I don't know why speak on it. Right. Um. Initially, when I seen the clip, I. So exactly how you guys felt like it wasn't necessary, it was inappropriate, it wasn't right. Um, and then as I kind of thought about it a little bit more, I think the the initial question that she had about whether or not the rape case made his legacy complicated, I think as a journalist, it's a fair question. Anytime someone dies, everything seems to resurface whether it's good or bad Mm -hmm. so I felt like that like once I actually sat and watched it and really paid attention I thought the initial question was okay and I think Lisa answered appropriately and it should have stopped right there when Mm Gil pushed the issue like well you wouldn't know you were his I mean but you wouldn't know like she kind of pressed her and you could tell that Lisa was uncomfortable that part wasn't necessary and I feel like Gil um needed to speak up on that and why 
she felt the need for that follow-up question like to just be like well you wouldn't know you know what I mean like I don't yeah. I, I felt like that was taking it too far um most of the reactions or the most popular reactions with Snoop and Boosie and what they had to say about it and um I I felt like Boosie was mostly respectful with what he said. I don't see what you um, I'm saying. He ain't called her no bitch or nothing, but Snoop <laughs> went in and called her a, what was it? A, I, don't, I don't know. I saw Snoop's, but I didn't it, like. She was all kind of bitches, dog <laughs> hair, dog hair, something. <laughs> he he went off, um, which I felt like is, he was like, you know, because everybody's up in arms about the interviews that Gail and Oprah is doing and all that. And it's like you're trying to tear down men in the black community and mm. blah, 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 blah. And I think it's a way to tell somebody that they're wrong and correct them without being disrespectful to the extent that he was to be like, oh, you bitch, this, 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 this. <laughs> like, um, but I just wanted to get you guys' opinion on it. Um, I definitely, I was seeing, like, Charlamagne the God was saying, like, if Gail wouldn't have asked those questions, it wouldn't have been no opportunity for Lisa to say what she said and to say that the media needs to shut it down. Like, mm, they need yeah. to stop. So, you can't have one without the other. Um, interesting enough, but I do think that we should be respectful to the family and the media should be respectful to the family and um, let them grieve in peace without trying to tarnish his name and Mm -hmm. everything like that Mm -hmm. um so moving along um i think i also put this i did put this on the timeline i wanted to get you guys thoughts um it was a tweet and it says i was watching kevin gates and drika's interview last night and she said i didn't have trouble forgiving him for cheating because i knew it wasn't personal what he did had nothing to do with her, and he was battling his own demons. And instead of belittling him after cheating, she she used to say, you're greater than this, and respect yourself. She spoke life into him. I'll let you guys go. <laughs> Come on, Kim. Um... Reading this, like fully reading it right now, I have mixed feelings because I understand a man doing wrong by you and doing wrong in the relationship and then you not, like, of course, letting him know it was wrong and letting him know he needs to correct your wrong or his wrong, I'm sorry. And at the same time, speaking that life into him, but I think there's certain boundaries that you can't cross for it to be okay, I guess. Like for me personally, if you cheat on me, I'm done. I'm just done. That's a personal thing. It's just for me because personally, I couldn't do it to my significant other and look them in the face and act like everything was fine. Like sleep with a nigga and then call you and come over. I can't do that. So I'm a firm believer though of like letting your partner know they were wrong and then like uplifting them at the same time though. Not just being like, you were wrong. You're a piece of shit. You're this, you're that. No, you were wrong. That was messed up. And here's what I see in you and here's how I know you can do better. And here's how I know that that's out of your character and you can do better in that way. I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm, I'm mixed feelings. I feel like you should love that person through their struggle, but let them know that there is a struggle there without making them feel inferior. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, honestly, 
this may sound bad to some people, but like the older I get, the more I feel like cheating is not a deal breaker for me. And not saying that, oh, I w- I'm going to allow my man to go sleep with this girl. And that there's different forms of cheating. You can cheat a girl without it being physical, you know? So I just feel like it's not a deal breaker for me. I feel like as a person that's been cheated on and that has cheated before, I feel like it just all comes with maturity and growth. So depending on like if I want a man that's not going to cheat on me I'm going to look for somebody that I know has done the work and that's walking a different type of life than your normal guy if that makes sense so it's like I get where she's coming from because I've been in the situation where I felt like a man wasn't doing right by me but because I was still in it because I still cared I spoke life into him I you know I told him like I see your potential you know I uplifted him you can you know you consider yourself a piece of shit but if that's what you want to be, then that's what you're going to be. But if you want to be better, this is what you have to do. These are the steps you have to take. So I try I try to encourage people. And I feel like just because people are being shitty to me doesn't mean I have to be shitty to them. Mm-hmm. So I just try to control what I can, which is myself and my intentions and how I treat people. So just because you treat me like shit and you cheat doesn't mean that I have to cheat back or treat you like shit. So what people do is them, but I'm going to continue to be positive and speak life into people and uplift them regardless of what they do to me. So I understand it. I wasn't against it. And I felt like some people were saying that she was stupid or whatnot, but it's not about that. It's just who you are as a person. Just because somebody treats you like that doesn't mean you have to be nasty back. Yeah. So, but I just, and then I was thinking like, okay, just because I take a man back for cheating, that means I'm weak. That means I don't value myself. I don't think that's true. Fair enough. Um, when I read it initially, I'm like, wow, like that's it's low key dope, you know, to to have that thought process and to be able to um look at it that way. I don't think I really picked apart the whole belittling part of it. It was just like more so the her speaking life into him after the fact. Um, as I'm looking at it now, it's it's like I wish I almost wish people would stop tweeting stuff like this as to almost pacify mm-hmm. someone cheating. Like women are just supposed to endure and speak life into your man after he like you know what I mean like it's kind of like you can't put that blanket statement out there as an excuse to just be a shitty person to mm-hmm. the woman that you're with. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then expect her to still praise you like the king you so-called see yourself as, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, on one hand, I think that if you are going to take someone back after cheating, that was a conscious decision that you made. So with that comes work on your part too. You know what I mean? Like if you're not ready to actually forgive and move on and you still hold that over that person's head continuously, then you shouldn't have never took them back in the first place. Mm -hmm. I've said this before. When someone cheats, there's work to be done on both ends. The person who cheated and the person who was cheated on, there's work that has to be done on both ends. Um, And if that can't happen, then the relationship should just dissolve. Um, But yeah, I, I think it... To Dario's point, I think that you have to do what's best for you um, because your standard may not be the next person's standard. You know what I mean? Like, if I want to take my man back after he did some bullshit to me, that's my business. You know what I mean? And I think 
it's a fine line like with your friendships and your relationships when it comes to stuff like that like some things you probably don't want to tell your friends because it's just like if you don't know what you're going to do at the end of the day Mm -hmm. it's just like kind of leave them out of it because I know I've been in spaces where I've gotten back with someone after something terrible happened and my friends know that something terrible happens and then I got to deal with the side comments and and the smart remarks and the rolling of the eyes and it's like Mm -hmm. I don't I don't need that right you know what I mean yeah so it's a fine line and the conversation can go a few different ways but um like Dario said you don't have to be shitty to someone just because they were shitty to you that was actually the message in church today like I could have a million reasons not to like you, but according to the Bible, I have to love you. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So it doesn't give me a license to treat you poorly because of the things you've done. Mm-hmm. So perspectives, I guess. I don't know. Um, something else that was said on Twitter, um, it says, there's a strange phenomenon in our generation. The girl who romanticizes the single mother struggle. Someone responded and said, I kind of get what you're saying, but explain. He said, there's nothing ideal about being a single parent, but some, not all, get pregnant with an idea of how it's going to turn out just to get applause for struggling. Okay, so I put this on here and I've seen a lot of females like, who wants to struggle, blah, 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 they were pissed. But I kind of felt where he was coming from once he explained himself because I feel like, all right, this is where the how I took it. All right, so there are females who mess with a guy. Their relationship isn't perfect. Some may not be together. Some may be together, but they know that, you know, the relationship isn't good. They get pregnant. They have Everybody has the opportunity to keep it or not keep it. But most women will keep it and then bash the man knowing that their relationship weren't that good in the first place. So it's like you chose to keep the child. You chose to be a single mom because you knew y'all weren't going to be together. You're, you may know that the man is trash already. So it's like that's a choice that you made. And I, that's where I thought he was coming from. But, I mean, that's just my opinion. I mean, I saw a tweet today that said something like that. It was um, – it had a bunch of, like, retweets. It was somebody that, like, has a viral account. But it said something along the lines of, like, these women date trash men, know that they're trash, get pregnant X amount of – weeks months years down the line and then bash the man like they didn't know that he wasn't shit um i don't know for me i don't have a huge opinion on this just because i mean i don't know if my parents were single parents because they're divorced and they didn't really have help from each other so i guess Mm -hmm. to an extent yeah that'd be the only thing i would know um and my mom kind of was the one that was like i think she had an envious standpoint from my dad because my dad did pick up in a lot of areas where she wasn't present And there was always a reason why he wasn't up to par. And to me, if I had to label my parents, you know, I'm not going to do that. Anyway, (laughs) um, I don't know. For me, I'm just kind of like, I understand it in the sense of the ending where he says just to get applause for struggling. Like if you look at a single mom's page, sometimes you see all the comments of like, go ahead, sis, you're doing thing. You're doing this. You're doing that. Knowing that the dad may or may not be in the life or whatever, but I don't like that there's a stereotype that because you're a single parent, the other person automatically has to be a piece of shit. Mm. Because both of my parents were technically single parents and they were both doing their part. Like, neither one of them were like, well, my dad's a deadbeat or my mom's a deadbeat. Like, they both lacked in certain areas. But just because you're a single parent doesn't mean the other person 
isn't doing their part or sucks. So I don't know. I just, Mm -hmm. for this, I don't know. I'm kind of just like looking at it from my own perspective. And it's just like, you, I agree with Daryl. You know who you're with. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know who you're with. Like, and you know, say you guys do are together when the baby's here and then it just doesn't work out. You knew beforehand what type of man that dude was though. Like for me, I, you know how they always say, like, if you're sleeping with somebody, like, make sure it's somebody you know that would be there for mm-hmm. when you have the kid. Mm-hmm. They could pillow talk the fuck out of you and tell you, I'm going to be here when you have the kid. And shit, you know, push comes to shove and they're not around when you have that kid. Right. You knew they were going to be that way. In the back of your mind, you knew in the back of your mind, eh, they, there's a chance they could walk away from this. I mean, but there's always a chance. I know people who are married and not together and one parent or the other is now not doing their part because the relationship is over. So, I mean, there's always a chance that it could go left. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I took it that way, too. And then I also took it as, like, I know there's been times where it's, like, depending on what day you ask me, some days I want the kid and I don't want the man. You know yeah. what I mean? So, not that I romanticize the struggle because I have friends who are single mothers and doing it on their own completely, and I don't want the struggle, but... I know that some at one point or another, I, I do want a child. So, you know what I mean? It's kind of like the man can get the fuck on. With you know, <laughs> stay or go. It doesn't really matter. But, um, yeah, I and then I kind of took it as like maybe he was trying to say like women are getting pregnant and having these babies just to get applause for being single mothers. Um, I don't know. I don't I don't know if women romanticize about being single mothers and struggling. I think that some people are just uh, quite a few women. They don't want to go through getting an abortion. Like right. they don't, you know what I mean? They rather just keep their child and there's nothing wrong with that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And still at the end of the day, if you if the person that they're with ain't shit or not, you still help create this life. So mm-hmm. there is a level of expectation whether you're a trash human being or not. That you need to take care of your kids. Yeah. So, I I don't know. I just feel like I want people to start taking account- accountability for their part. 100%. I'm not ex- yeah. Just because you want to keep it and you knew the man was trash, I'm not saying that that gives them the right to not be there because right. y'all are both adults. You knew what you were doing. You knew the consequences. Everybody should do their part. But I'm just saying, like, I'm just I want women to take more accountability and more more responsibility for their decisions. Yep. Y'all choose to have this baby regardless if the situation is trash or not. And to be honest, there are a lot of women who, all right, well, I want to have this baby because maybe it'll get him to come back. And that's stupid. It's just like, you got to be smarter. Yeah, you may not want an abortion, but it's just so many kids being raised in single parent homes in toxic situations. And it has to stop. Like, I'm just tired of it. And I want women to stop playing the victim all the time. That's very true. That's just bottom line. Because a lot of women do it. One thing I think a woman should always consider um, in the event that they get pregnant is, can you take on this responsibility with or without the other parent? present you know what i mean like what really sit and think about what does life look like for you if that person is not in the picture Mm -hmm. and it doesn't it honestly doesn't stop at 18 you know what i mean this is for however long you're in this you know alive so (laughs) Mm -hmm. like really think about can you do this on your own like forget the nigga i don't care if y'all in a full-blown happy relationship even married like can you do this by yourself in the event that that it comes to that Mm -hmm. um 
and then you make the decision that's best for you. You know what I mean? Knowing yeah. that either way you go, there's going to be some kind of consequence, whether it's good or bad. But I agree with Dario. I do think that women do need to be more accountable for yeah. what they're doing and what's going on with their bodies. I mean, I think about that even in a financial reason. Like, yeah. I lived with an ex once, and for me, I thought to myself before even moving in, if he was gone, can I take care of this place by myself? If anything were to happen, if we break up, this, that, and the other, can I take care of this place by myself? And if the answer was no, I'm not going to do it. Mm. You know, and then when we split, it was my decision to make to move out for a financial reason. But come right up to the initial moving, I'm like, I want to know that I can do this by myself without another person there. And you, I honestly approach a lot of my life that way anyway. You know, can I do this by myself just in case? You know what I mean? But I'm a very cautious, like, planner and mover, and I'm trying to get away from that a little bit so it doesn't have so much control on me. But I think, I mean, I agree with both of y'all. It's <laughs> women play victim a lot, and I've seen myself do it, and I've seen myself self-sabotage because I'm playing victim. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to become more aware of that in, like, situations and know, like, ma'am, look at yourself right now. You know, mm-hmm. you, you're, you're wanting to bitch on purpose. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And it's it's not healthy and it's not a healthy place to stay in. So I agree. Women need to look at themselves in the mirror for a second. Because I know men have this image on them that they're like the strong one and like they take care of any and everything. But at the same time, as a woman, just because they have that reflection on them doesn't mean everything has to fall on them. Mm-hmm. Look at yourself. Yeah. yeah. You know? And too, I wanted to add to like, just because... I feel like you can struggle and have a partner. Yeah. Because a lot of men, they're not really caregivers. They're just like, I'm the man. I want to take care of the home and you take care of the kids type of shit. So it's like you can struggle and still have a man, but you just got to change your mindset, how you think about stuff. Like just always think about whatever anyone else provides is extra. Yep. Yeah. Amen to that. I agree. So y'all be, people be coming up with some wild shit. (laughs) I put this on here. Okay, so it reads like this. Ladies, can you marry a man that gives you $800,000 monthly but beats you once in a while? I'll put this on here. <laughs> I wanted to know y'all's opinions. Um, I mean, honestly, I was cracking up because I seen who posted this, the original post, and it was oh, yeah. Ari. Oh. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, I guess I can see where some people may be confused on whether they should say yes or no, but it's a no for me. It's a hard-ass no, (laughs) nigga, because we're going to be beating each other's ass. That's what I said. I said it's a no for me because we're going to fight till one of us die. But, I mean, y'all have heard me talk about for, like, with my jobs and stuff. Um, I think it was on our Boundaries podcast. Um, For me, misery is not worth money. I don't care what the fuck it is. I am not going to have a fucked up mental state and be miserable just so you can hand me 800K a month. I don't care if it's $1,000 a month, $100 a week. It Misery is not worth money to me. It's just mm-hmm. not. I'd rather mm-hmm. be happy and poor. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I don't know if she put this on here as a joke or not. And not to get like too serious, but the why that's even a question, you need to do some some deep diving into where that comes from. Like... But beat you once in a while. Like, let's just stop at beat you. Like, <laughs> I I don't know. Yeah, no. Um, no, it's a no for me. 
Um, so to get into the heart of our conversation today, um, I was listening to a podcast a while back. Um, it is two um, young women who are biracial and they were talking about just their experience being biracial women. Um, their mothers are white, their fathers are black. Really great episode and it brought up a lot of things that I just never thought about. And Kim is biracial, so I asked Kim how she would feel about talking about her experience. Uh, we had an episode last year about colorism, and the thing I remember, um, I learned a lot on that show, just getting Lynn's perspective um, on light skin versus dark skin, and me being a light skinned woman, just almost ignorant to some things that um, brown skin girls experience. So. I wanted to see how Kim would feel about talking about this, and she was down for it. So the rest of the conversation is going to be about that. So um, Kim, share with us a little bit. So which parent is white, which parent is black, and yeah. So um, it's me and my older brother from my parents, um, and then my mom has other parents. other children, but my brother and I, our father is white and my mom is black. Um, and him and I were only a year apart and, you know, we have very different, I think, views on the being biracial in general. Um, but I mean, for me, I honestly, I can't speak cause I didn't to having a white mom cause I didn't, but I feel like I loved and I'll get, I'll explain why later. Um, I loved having a black mom because I think it opened a lot for me as far as being a minority in the sense of being a woman and being black. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. This, this sits heavy on my heart and I'm excited to talk about it. So if I cry, sorry if I don't. Yay. Um, but I feel like too, some of this stuff that I'm going to talk about can be relatable in the light skin, quote unquote, light skin community as well. Um, and that's why I was excited to kind of, you know, have all of us here and, and you guys listen and you know, you guys can speak to some things too, maybe. Yeah. So I, I guess my first question is, when did you realize that you were mixed? Hmm, I've never thought about this. I think the first time I realized was when I was probably maybe like six and just in advance. So y'all know it's probably going to get deep. Um, because my parents divorced when I was three, and I remember, like, my mom having to come at the door with, like, the police behind her just to hand me a baby doll. Shit like that. So I think, for me, shit got real pretty early. And I think I was about six years old, and I was at my dad's side of the family's house, and they are, um, they are um, white. And I remember I've always felt some type of way towards my cousin's grandparents, so they're not related to me at all. Because I would always notice a little bit different treatment and I didn't I didn't know if it was because if we had came from a divorced family or if it was like a race thing and then I found out like and this is fucked up because talking to my mom as a six-year-old she shouldn't have said some of the things she did but even as a six-year-old she would tell me it's because I'm black it's because I'm half black they always felt some type of way when I would come around because I'm a black woman marrying a white man and all this type of stuff so I think when I was about six and it was around like a Christmas time as we do annual cookie decorating and it was like I just always got looks from them and like, you know, they always stayed on their side of the room and, you know, so pretty young, I think Mm -hmm. was my experience. Did you, um, 
ever like with your immediate family like maybe your grandparents or your aunts or your uncles on either side was there ever any kind of awkwardness yeah I mean even to this day when I walk in somewhere I was just with my cousin actually um, and this is on my mom's side so it's my black family and I will say even to this day when I walk in a room sometimes full of my white family or my black family I always feel insecure in the sense of not being enough of one Mm -hmm. or them prejudging me and clowning me per side like the black side joking about how that's white of me or the white side joking about how that's black of me I mean I've had my white uncle who maybe he thought this was a joke maybe he didn't it wasn't fucking funny at all I'm standing in there in a house full of white people probably 30 white people some family some not and he walks around the corner joking going black lives matter and I just looked at him like you understand that your niece is black and he tried to explain real quick, like, oh, I didn't mean it like that. It was on the TV, and I was just talking about how, like, it's it's so relevant right now. I said, yeah, because it's a big epidemic right now in the black community, which is something you don't understand. And I've had to argue with his own kids about why I understand more so on that side, more so on the black side of things than on the white side of things because I've seen it. And that's what I mean by having a black mom is I've seen my mom get treated like shit because she's black and a woman. Mm -hmm. And I've seen both sides, Mm -hmm. you know? And for me, I've never been, this is jumping ahead a little bit, but I've never been treated like a white kid Mm -hmm. ever, ever. Mm -hmm. I've always been treated like a minority period because people think I'm Hispanic, which is automatically I'm a minority. People think I'm mixed period, which is a minority. You know, if you're not pure white, you're a fucking minority. You just are. It is what it is. Um, And so for them, they kind of, some of my cousins understand and some of them don't. I can think of two that are full white and they understand that they can't say certain things to me because they know they can't relate. Mm -hmm. And then everybody else in the family is like, that's, that's not true. Look at it from this side. I'm like, it is fucking true, but you haven't lived for the last 24 years with a black family. Mm -hmm. So you don't, or living my life where I walk out, I can't walk in a white setting and they automatically treat me like Brittany from fucking New Albany High School. Mm-hmm. You know, I just, I don't get treated that way. So, so you would say that you do feel like there may be some subtle racism? Oh, yeah. I think even from both sides, I mean, I get it more on my white side, I will say that. Um, but even on the black side, I mean, I've had them look at me crooked if I say something. I'm not going to say geared towards like the white side, but if I say something in like, if I'm defending my dad or something because he said something ignorant and didn't mean it, they look at me like I'm I'm racist now. And I'm like, no, I just know who my dad is and I know he wouldn't I know he wouldn't say those things to hurt me or to hurt the black side of me. And I get from my black family was like, mm, that's the white. That's you know, that's this, that's that, you know. Mm-hmm. If I if I move a certain way, that's that's the white side of you. Um, but I get it more, I think, on my white side. Because it's just a world they don't understand. Mm -hmm. Like I can say certain things, move a certain way. And it's, it's, I can see them look at me sometimes like, oh, I forgot she was black for a minute. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I forgot she has that side in her. And I'm like, this is like who I am. You guys grew up with me like this. Like, and I think now that I'm becoming an adult and becoming more aware of things, I'm not scared to speak on things just because I know both sides. Mm -hmm. And I will always speak on things regardless because I can because I know both sides and I think that they forget because being I've seen it being a white person you think you can say anything to anybody and they're not there's not going to be a rebuttal 
And for me, I'm the one black niece in the family, cousin, whoever the fuck that's going to be like, no, correct yourself. Mm -hmm. This is what, you know. But my uncle doing that was like the most. And that's the thing. I know they're not racist people, but they say borderline racist things. Things, Yeah, Yeah, like him doing the um, Black Lives Matter thing. I'm like, I know he's not racist, but that's not fucking funny. Yeah. Even if I wasn't in the room. Yeah. It's just, it's inappropriate. Yeah. Um. So, although it seems complicated to an extent, do you feel like you're accepted by both sides of your family? Um, No. I feel like, and this is kind of speaking to what I said earlier, I feel like every time I walk in a room, white family or black family, I'm just kind of there. I'm just kind of sitting like a, like just different. I'm just different in the entire room. Every side... I go to, if I go to a family event, family function, I'm the different one in the room. Yeah. You know, and nobody can relate to me but my brother, but he does, him and I don't even speak. So it's like I just sit there and kind of stay to myself and do my own thing. Yeah. Um, I will say, though, I feel more comfortable with my black family. Yeah. I just do because not being treated as a white person automatically makes me more relatable to a minority group if that makes sense so for me i feel more comfortable around my black family but i can still i still don't feel 100 percent accepted Mm -hmm. on either side i feel like i'm always getting judged for one or the other Mm -hmm. i see this in my friendships too like i have a friend that i work with that he constantly makes jokes about me being white like my mom didn't go through hell and back having me and getting shit talked for having a mixed child Mm -hmm. and it's always about how the white is coming out. You're too white. You're too this. You're too that. And I just feel, I feel for my mom and she doesn't even know that I deal with these comments. It's just fucked up. Like this woman went through, you know, hell to have me and her child is never good enough with Mm -hmm. friends or family. I don't know. It's just, it's fucked up. I know when I was listening to that show, um, I, I think I remember texting the group and I was like, I almost, Feel a sadness um, because I personally didn't realize when I see a person who's mixed, my mind just automatically goes to them being black. I don't even think about yeah, like <laughs> I don't even think about it. Like you have a whole white side of you that I, I don't know how far tapped into you are or not. I just I just mm-hmm. see a black person or a person of color, of color however you want to word it. Um, so when I was listening to the lady speak, you know, one of the girls was talking about how she felt like her grandmother just didn't like her because her mother was white and just given the history between the disparities of black women and, you know, the privilege of white women, it was just like, my son had this biracial girl with this white woman, like almost like a disrespect to her. Um, and I was just like, wow, I can't imagine grow like you, I, in my mind, it just seems like you just feel really mixed up. Like, yeah. and, like you just don't know one thing or another. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, I never really had that experience. I'm, I'm Both of my parents are black, but I'm light-skinned. So I get the comments of, like, oh, what are you mixed with? Or, yeah. you know, who's white? Or whatever the case may be. And it's like, oh, who's parents are black? Right. <laughs> I, I hate the comments. Like, people call me yellow or white or... Mm-hmm you know, say I can't do certain things because I'm not dark enough, brown enough. And I'm just like, nigga, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> what are you talking about? Like, yeah. like then it make me want to be ignorant. Like, all right, black ass. Like, yeah. 
Like, people are just rude. Like, yeah. and I was having a conversation with somebody, and she was saying, like, one of her friends are biracial, but she identifies as white. Oh. Yeah, and I was like, that's crazy. Like, I didn't realize, because I, like you said, I always be like, oh, you mix you black. You <laughs> black. <laughs> yeah. And I never really thought that some biracial people identify as white. And then we were talking about how, like, when you have to mark your race down, there's nothing for biracial. So you have, like, you have to choose. Yeah. I mean, for me, when I see that, I ch- click both. Even if it says one box, I'm like, African-American, Caucasian, bitch. <laughs> or all the other races. Yeah. Do you identify, like, if someone were to ask you, you just say, I'm, I'm mixed. Like, yeah. you don't identify one or the other. When I, okay, so the word identify for me is... Um, up in the air because I definitely feel like if I had to put a percentage, I feel 60% black, 40% white. And I don't even mean that DNA wise. I mean how I grew up. Mm-hmm. It's almost damn near like 70% black because like y'all said, you see a mixed person, you go, oh, they're black. Yeah. And like a lot of people assume I'm something in black because of my demeanor, how I talk, the crowd I hang out with. The crowd I hang out with is black on purpose i have white friends yes Mm -hmm. but my closest people to me are black because they can relate to me Mm -hmm. if i not to say that i don't understand a mixed person relating to a white crowd because my brother kind of falls more that way but even when people see him they know he is not no white man you know what i mean um but i think for me um i am I don't want to say I identify as black because if somebody were to ask me what I am, I do start though. I always start like this because it's sad that like I've had to defend my races since I was born. I always say I mix my mother's black. My dad is white. I never say my dad's white. My mom's black. I start with the fact that my mom is black. So I automatically don't get discredited as one or the other, I guess Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Um, But I don't know. I feel like it's, for me, I'm more comfortable with black people. I feel more at home with them. I feel safe. I feel uplifted more by them than anything until the jokes, of course, come around as me being like, oh, you're not black enough. You're too, you know, you're too white. You you eat like this. You do this type of thing. You don't know how to eat chicken. Like all I this bullshit. Yes. And I'm like, bitch, I can eat chicken. It's just nasty. I get, you eat chicken like a white person. Like what? Like, what does that even mean? <laughs> what does that mean? I don't know. But that's what I'm saying. I know y'all can relate to some of this because it's just like, it's bullying naturally, but especially if you're light skinned, they automatically, some people automatically assume you're mixed and like you get the, you know, the jokeful, stupid ass comments, ignorant ass comments. But I don't know. I think for me, it's sad to say, but I don't really identify with my white side. If I were to use that word, identify with my black side, just because it's, it's natural to me. It's what I've known. It's what I've seen. It's what I'm treated as every single day. I, if I walk in anywhere, New Albany or fucking downtown Columbus, I am seen as a black person or, you know, a mix of something walking mm-hmm. in and everybody's on edge. Oh, my God. You know, like if anybody's on edge because a white person walks in the room, it's because they're, they're intimidated because they think they have money and, you know, they're going to flash it around and make you guys feel like shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know if I would I don't necessarily want to use the word identify because like I identify as a mixed person. But I am definitely closer to my black side, and I will always be. Especially for me, this is also jumping ahead, but for me, I mean, I'm, I'm a dated brother. I am. I'm a dated brother. I'm a married brother. And my child is going to be black. They just are. So yeah. for me, I think that's why I liked having a black mom, because she kind of opened up a lot for me. 
that a white mom couldn't speak to in the sense of nurturing a black child. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, not to say that black dad can't. Of course they can. Um, but women are naturally nurturing and seeing the things my mom had to say, you know, to ha- to a black child. I can do that with my children one day. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know. I just... To me, it's 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 important and relevant that I feel more one side than the other, mm-hmm. I guess. So I'm trying to say this how I see it. So I apologize if it comes out wrong. But has there ever been a time where you've been able to use one race or the other as leverage or as to your advantage, like maybe with mm-hmm. getting a job or just anything in general? Like, have you ever been able to use either being white or being black to your advantage? I think in the sense of me being black, I've been able to use to the advantage in the sense of people, especially the black side, not thinking of me as inferior or less. If mm-hmm. that makes sense, like I'm able to talk about things I've been through and things I've experienced. Because when, pe- when you're mixed, people automatically assume you're in the middle ground and you've never been exposed to, I don't want to say the hardships, but like exposed to a lot of what black people go through. Meaning she probably doesn't have a hood family. She -hmm. probably doesn't have a hillbilly family. She probably doesn't have a rich white family. She probably doesn't have a rich black family. And for me, I have it on both sides. So I'm able to speak to a lot in the black world in the sense of me like, being able to use that as leverage in the sense of I can relate to Mm y'all in the sense of the white standpoint. I think me speaking like, and this is so fucked up that like speaking educated means white. You know what I mean? Like if Mm -hmm. somebody says you sound white, that means you're saying that all the black people sound ignorant and stupid. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think for me, I've been able to use my etiquette that was taught by my white dad because he's a teacher and that's all he talks about. My etiquette has been able, I think, to, in the white sense, has been able for white people to be like, oh, she's black, but she's got some, Uh, she's got some, you know, some, I don't even know what the fuck they would call it. She's got some sense. I don't know. So I I think I've been able to use it there, but I don't know. I don't think either side has been a privilege for me, if that makes sense, because I just get bullied and shot down by both sides. Yeah. Um, More so by the white side than the the black side just because I have been through things and like I do have a hood family I do have you know hillbilly family you know they're both sides of my family are on bottom end to top end like I have people from the hood and I have rich black family I have rich white family and hillbilly hick fuckers that live in Pennsylvania (laughs) I just do um but I don't know I don't think either has been a leverage but I I think that's helped me in areas yes yeah yeah that makes sense so, does anyone ever try to check you or call you out for using the word nigga? <laughs> Every fucking day. <laughs> I remember asking y'all when I started this, like, is anybody going to get offended if I say nigga? And Brandy was, like, was, like, was like, what? Like, what? She was <laughs> like, you black. You can say it the fuck. She was like, I wouldn't even thought about you being mixed. But no, every fucking day it's like, if I'm like nigga, they're like, you can't say that you're white or you can't say that you know i'm like all right so like i don't know how to feel sometimes i'm like nigga please like get off my face like what do you mean like i don't know i get i get told a lot that i can't or like sometimes i'm like trying to be funny sometimes i feel some type of way 
saying nigga to my black family members because I don't want them to be like, bitch, <laughs> why are you talking to that little southern shit coming out? Um, but yeah, I get bullied on both sides, but I think more so the black side just because I say it to them more. I'm not going to walk up to my white cousin and be like, nigga, bitch, what up? She's going to be like, what? But I think, yeah, she's going to be like, I'm not, I'm not black, but okay, hey girl. Because I've said it in front of them because my, it's funny, the people at my job, so my mom's name is Michelle and y'all know mine is Kim. So, when I get amped up and stuff, I feel like my black side definitely comes out. And they call me K-Michelle at work because I just be like, I'm turning to my mama. But um, I've acted like that in front of my white cousins. Like, I'll tell them quick, like, I'm not the one. Don't do it. Don't try it. And they're like, that's when I'm speaking to them being like, oh, she's black. I forgot for a second. <laughs> um, but no, I definitely get it more on the black side of them being like, you can't say nigga. Like, you white. I'm like, okay, again, discredit my black mom. Again, thank you. Yeah. Let's act like she's not not a thing or doesn't exist. Again, thanks. Yeah. Black people are so sensitive. Honestly, I'm just at a point where, like, if a white person is singing something, they say nigga, I don't care. Unless you in my face, like, you nigger, then yeah. <laughs> but it's just like, I feel like most white people that say nigga is because they're trying to be cool or yeah. or because, you know, they love to steal our shit, whatever. Mm-hmm. But, like, I, I don't give a fuck. Like, who cares? If you're not, like, purposely trying to, like, offend me, whatever. Because we call white people all types of shit all day long. But it, black people can't be racist. My, my son said that to me. Oh, for real? Black people can't be racist. I'm like, boy, be quiet. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. That's amazing. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. I think that everything is a thing. Like, yes. when it comes to racism, I don't think that... Like the whole, not to bring the whole Kobe Bryant thing up again, but like the news reporter that she was catching all that flack because she said, they thought she said niggers or nakers or whatever it was mm-hmm. on the reporting. And I'm like, does everything have to be a thing? Like you can clearly tell that that lady misspoke. Like she was not trying to call nobody a nigger mm-hmm. like, or a nigger or <laughs> whatever the case. Like I just don't like that everything is a thing when it comes to race nowadays. Now, granted, do I want white people just running around saying nigga? No, but just like it just it's exhausting. I know. It's altogether just really exhausting. So earlier you mentioned that you definitely will have a black husband. <laughs> have, you ever, have you ever dated a white guy? No. <laughs> um, just personal preference. I've definitely seen some cute ones, but like for me, I can just. She want beautiful black chocolate baby. Oh, I want a Lance well Ross ass nigga. <laughs> no, I don't really care. Like, and that's another thing that I'm as a parent. I don't want to do to my kid. I don't want to ever throw colorism on him. Um, and for me, I haven't even. I've thought about the idea of like, yeah, my kid's gonna be darker than me. Of course, they're gonna be majority black. But I have never been like, my kid's gonna be pasty or you know, not really dark. necessarily because they might be like, they might be light as fuck. You're right. You're right. Um, but. I guess it depends on who I have a kid with, too. Like, okay, so Manny, um, it doesn't matter. No, anyway, Manny. Um, you know who you are. Right. I'm like, <laughs> you know who the fuck you are. Would make fun of me and um, this person I was dating because we both were, like, lighter. And he's like, y'all baby's about to come out. Mind you, Manny's African, so he thinks anything lighter than him is a fridge, the color of a fridge. Um, but he always would joke and tell me that I'm going to have, like, white babies. And I'm like... Okay, whatever, bitch. They gonna be cute though. But I've never dated a white man, not on purpose, not anything personal. I have considered 
because I went to Miami and saw this beautiful man, beautiful Cuban man. <sighs> hmm. And I've considered dating like, you know, around there, like, you know, a little Cuban, a little Puerto Rican joint. Um, but I always say I'm my father's daughter. We like him brown. We like him fine. We like him. I don't know. I've always just, since I was a kid, like, I think I told you all this corny ass story about Lance Gross on here before. Yeah. Yeah. So f- since I was a kid, like, I've always pictured my husband just being this beautiful brown built man. I remember your dad said the only white person he knows is his sister. <laughs> Oh, Lord. I would love to, I mean, granted, things were different, but I would love to hear stories like how your parents handled, like, oh, yeah, I don't know. Race and all of that. You yeah. should ask them, I know. I've never even asked them that. Like I said, the most I heard from my mom was like her always feeling some type of way when they would go to like my family's house. And I think that just comes from being black, period. Um, but I've never asked them, like, so what did you do about it? Like, when y'all got home and talked about it in the car, like, what did y'all do? Yeah. Maybe yeah. if you do, we can do, like, a follow-up. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to ask them. That would be interesting. Mm. But, yeah, I, I don't like the comments. Yeah. Like, speaking of Africans, all African people I meet think that I'm white. Really? Damn, they must think I'm transparent. Like, I'm like uh, uh, really? my own mom said I was pasty. <laughs> She's not that much darker than me. Right. So, uh, yeah. But again, yeah. I don't know. I'm just... I like him brown. I can't believe my dad said that. I'm still <laughs> stuck. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. I want to know He's funny. Yeah, I love him. Like, I, I always he's say... I, too. Right? I always say I am my father's daughter because, like, we're very similar. Like, he's a goofy man. Like, he makes jokes like that. Darielle knows him pretty well, so... He makes jokes like that. Like, he's he's actually really funny. Like, he's my favorite person. Um, but, no, I just... And it's nothing against white men. I just cannot imagine myself being infatuated with, like, a white man. If I see a black man walking down the street, I'm like, Jesus, Lord. If I see a white man, I'm like, oh, he looks nice today. Nice shoes. Black guy, I'm like, ooh, I want you to look good on them clothes, sir. Ooh. I can't help it. So I, I don't think I had any more questions. Dario, did you have any other questions? Mm-hmm. No. So, Kim, if there was, like, one thing that you could tell our listeners that you think that they may not know about people who are biracial, like, maybe a tip um, or just, like, how not to be offensive. Yeah. Um, I would say biggest thing is have an understanding maybe listening to this and this may have opened your eyes or you may be like bitch shut up you playing about everything i don't know (laughs) have an understanding that like or maybe if you're dating outside of your race understand that your kid is going to possibly deal with these things you can try your best as a parent to prevent it but i know even my kid might have a struggle of you know being a percentage white and being bullied for it um, I would say be understanding and and don't be so close-minded about the fact that just because, like for me, if I identify with the black side more, don't be so close-minded and think that I, I'm secure with that and that, oh, she, she considers herself black. She hangs around black people. She's this, that, 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 and that. Don't think that that's enough for you to attack me on my other side. Like I said, the person I work with is always, I know as soon as I walk in there, I'm going to get bullied about not being, you know, black enough. Yeah. And, you know, I would say 
just be more open-minded, ask, ask questions. Personally, I don't care. I can't speak to any other mixed person, but I don't care. I, I like this discussion because not a lot of people think about it. They don't think about how hard it is to be a mixed person on both sides when you're, you're almost, and I'm surprised it didn't fuck me up because you're almost never enough period. Every single day, you're never enough. Like when I meet, well, I will say this, like the you know, sometimes like through the dating life I've been in, I've only met, well, I've only had three boyfriends and I've met all their families. And I'll say, sometimes it's hard to like, that's why I said, like be, you know, sometimes being around the black side and you don't feel like enough. Like I would never walk up to like his mom and be like, man, niggas be playing. You know what I mean? The homework be like, what bitch? Your white ass. I don't know. Just just be aware like that. It's it's hard. It It is hard. We don't speak on it. I mean, I guess I don't speak on it a lot. Um, but I don't know. And, and I guess if you are mixed and listening to this or, you know, biracial or you're planning on having kids that are just remind them or yourself to be true to who you are. And it's OK to not be, quote unquote, enough of something, you know, and that's where you have to stand within yourself and be secure within yourself and know that you are enough for both sides jokes or not they hurt they suck because for me the reason there I take it hard is because I've seen how hard black people struggle and I've been through it I've literally been told in Louis Vuitton like them taking items out of my hand because of what I look like type of thing and I called them out I was like you guys are fucking racist bye um just understand that like I don't know it's just hard like overall it's just hard like but be secure in yourself and know that you are enough on both sides I guess you know, you, you can't help who you are. You didn't ask for this. You didn't, you know, but I think it's bullying period though. Like, even if we take race out of it, like, like I said, I know you guys go through shit because of being lighter skin. I know my dark skin friends go through shit. My cousin who's fucking Casper goes through shit because she's white (laughs) as fuck. You know what I mean? Like it's taking race out of it. Like you're going to get bullied for shit regardless. Your hair, your teeth, your eyes are too far apart. They're too close. Your nose sits too low. You know what I mean? You walk funny. Um, And putting all that on top of not being accepted. You're not accepted anyway because your hair looks weird. And then you're not accepted on top of that because it comes from your black side or your white side. So just just uplift them. They always say check on your strong friends. Uplift them. Let them know they are accepted. Let them feel good. Like, you know, allow them to feel good, I guess. Um, And just don't be so closed-minded. You know, just understand that everybody struggles with something amen to that be kind love you people be positive be kind be happy support your friends well on that note um don't forget to follow us on our social media don't forget to subscribe rate and review our podcast on itunes so that we can gain some visibility so we can start getting some money Y'all have it. Right. Don't get me started. (laughs) (laughs) And if you want us to go back to every week, I'm going to put a poll up and you guys can vote and we can try to make that happen. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, we love you guys and we will see you in two weeks. Love you guys. Thanks for listening to my stories. Bye.